Dear brothers and sisters, today we read uh, the passage of the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, in which the apostle instructs his followers about the sacrament of marriage. I want to reflect, use this uh, passage to reflect on this uh, uh, sacrament. I quote from the letter, Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her. For this reason, a man shall leave father and his mother and rejoin his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. St. Paul, in this uh, teaching about marriage to the Ephesians, quotes the book of Genesis, the second chapter. In that episode, um, God had just realized that Adam was alone. God has breathed in Adam his spirit. He made the man according to his own image. And then as an, as an expression of the divine dignity with which he endowed Adam, he brings to Adam all the animals so that, that Adam himself could name them. This uh, particular task shows that God wants to share with Adam his power over creation and so his dignity. And yet this same uh, dignity shows to Adam that he is alone in the whole universe. With the, in the animals, he does not see mirrored the same dignity that he has. That's why he feels alone. John Paul II calls this state of Adam original solitude. Original because it's part of his nature. It is both positive and negative. Negative for evidence. His solitude is called, he has a desire to relate and he feels alone. Positive because on the other side reveals that his dignity. Adam is made for God and no creatures can quench this desire for God. Therefore, God puts Adam to sleep and shapes out of his rib Eve, the first woman. The mythical language that is used in this chapter of Genesis reveals that Eve, because is created by Adam, why Adam is put to sleep, Eve shares with Adam the same dignity. It's not Adam manipulating out of the clay Eve. Is God. And Adam does not have any power, any say. He has to be put to sleep because God is at work. His mystery, his power, his transcendence, in front of which Adam is totally incapable even to grasp, is in action there. Therefore, Eve shares with Adam the same dignity, the same longing for God. Alas, this is, uh, finally, this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. This is what Adam will realize. Looking at Eve in the eyes, seeing her beauty, will realize that there is that dignity. 
that I could not see in other creatures. However, Eve is not a mere replica of Adam. Beside being equal to him in dignity, she is totally different. He's a man, she's a woman. He's a person, she's a person. Different. Adam will be filled with surprise, with wonder in front of her. Wonder because she is equal to him. Wonder because she is different. A difference that does not generate fear, but difference that generates attraction. Attraction made of feelings, emotions, but more than that, there is an entry door to love to give himself out to her and to receive her. This masculinity and femininity is an undeniable reality present in each one of his cells, of our cells. Even in my eyebrows is written that I'm a, I'm a man. This is denied constantly, violently, dogmatically today by a pervasive ideology, the gender theory, that wants to suppress and deny the original goodness of the corporal reality. The body is not the result of the fall. The body was created before the fall and is originally good. In this ideology, there is a denial of that, emancipate from masculinity and femininity because there is a rejection of the material reality of the creation of God and so of God. The two shall become one flesh. The person is the only creature on earth endowed with the capability of self-possession, of autonomy of decision, of self-determination. I know when I act, an animal doesn't, simply acts. I know what I want. I define my goals. I can even define goals against nature. So powerful my freedom is. In love, what happens? This power of self-determination is submitted to another person. I bind myself to another person, but not because I have to, but because I want. This paradox of I use my freedom fully and I give my freedom, my person, to another one. That's why the call to marriage between a man and a woman is such a mystery, an analogy of the relationship between the person and the person God, in which the person wants to, out of love, give his and her freedom to the Creator. This call to love does not need Christ, was present from the beginning. The call between a man and a woman to love each other in fidelity, it means exclusively, just with the spouse, and no one else. Indissolubility, that the bond of love lasts until one of the two is alive. And the third, desiring to procreate, 
these three essential goods of marriage are present in each heart from the beginning. We didn't need Christ for that. But we know that there is the fall. With the original sin, that is the human rejection of God, even this call to love, original and natural, is tainted, stained. Adam and Eve hide from God and they have to hide their bodies, their nakedness, because they are no, their own bodies are not expressive anymore of this call to love. But they are um, glitched with lust, which is the inclination to use the other person for my enjoyment, instead of affirming the good of the other person, even through pleasure. Christ resolved this with his sacrifice. He freely loved and obeyed God up to dying on the cross. And through that sacrifice, he destroyed death and gave life to his beloved, his church. Therefore, when a man and a woman who are baptized consent to love each other in fidelity, indissolubility, and desire to procreate, they are ministers of this great sacrament. They are the ministers, not the priest who blesses. Because in them, the Holy Spirit resides because they've been baptized. And that Holy Spirit in them elevates the natural love between a man and a woman with the three goods to the same love that Christ had for his church. What is this love? He died for her. Didn't just die for her. He sanctified her. The church, each one of us, does not die anymore because of this act of love. Therefore, when the two exchange this consent in front of the church, not just in front of a community of being, but in front of the church, in front of God, God witnessing this sacrifice, the Spirit elevates this love. It is a mystery. A mystery means, in Greek, a sacrament. That is the same mystery with which an ordained priest consecrates the, body, the bread and wine into body and blood. So, to conclude, we thank God for this uh, mystery, for this sacrament of marriage that Christ left to his church, renewing more than restoring this natural love. Our Lady of Fatima revealed later to the visionary Sister Lucia that the ground where Satan will wage its final battle against Christ's church will be precisely about this sacrament of marriage. And we have plenty of evidence, evidences that this battle is going on in the church, inside, outside the church. So may our Blessed Mother, who crushes the head of the serpent and protects her children under her mantle against the devil's attacks, may she protect all our married couples and all our families. May all these families be true domestic churches, expression and manifestation that it is possible to love in fidelity, indissolubility and fruitfully, and to forgive each other constantly as Christ did with each one of us.